voice message system. Roki and the mummy is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. You don't have to give us a call back. It's time for all the day. Alright, welcome back everyone. What's going on? I hope everyone had a fantastic, safe, and explosive 4th of July. How was yours, Roke? Uh, I didn't do a whole lot. I fell asleep, so outside <laughs> while a firework was going off in front of me. Everyone thought that shit was hilarious. I'm like sitting in this wooden chair, had a lot of drinks in me. I'm at that point where you just don't give a fuck anymore and you just want to go to sleep. And the firework wake you up. It was a little crackle cracker barrel or whatever they call those. No, oh, well, I was partially out your way. I went out to uh Manteca, met up with my sister and nieces and nephews and brother in law and our other cousin, and uh we went out to uh what's that place called? The Great Wolf Lodge or something in Manteca. Oh, you were water sliding, huh? Yeah, something I didn't know about that place. Uh, I'm a fan of water parks, but, man, that place is really catered towards kids. It's uh, like the Lazy River was only three feet tall, so you had to, like, bend your legs really bad to be in it. Oh. uh, Yeah, it was fun. That's something you did not know. It's okay. You know, I read this crazy-ass article. uh, What was it? Tuesday morning? This article came out. They were talking about this guy. Worked at Burger King. (laughs) It just made me think, you know, I'm like, fuck. For all those people that, like, wanted to go back to work, you know, the day after 4th of July. It's like, damn, is this really worth it? This guy worked at Burger King for, like, like 25 years. Loyal worker. Look this story up. It's in Nevada. And uh, never missed a day of work. I mean. He works at Burger King, making chicken whoppers. <laughs> he wears paper hats. Would <laughs> y'all like some apple pies with that? <laughs> I mean, he was he was working. He probably made that song. He's working at Burger King, and uh, I don't know how much he's making an hour. I mean, what do you think they pay after like twenty five years? Do you think they give you like twenty dollars an hour? I mean, if In and Out doesn't In and Out start at like nineteen or twenty an hour, so I'd I have to imagine Burger King's at least at eighteen. Well, that's that's Burger King, though. I mean, this is. I mean, I'm sorry, that's In and Out, like In and Out's union. You know, like they're not true. Well, yeah, that's why I gave them eighteen. Seventeen, eighteen is what I think Burger King would be at. I think Burger King's shitting people. I I don't know. I I just see them like, well. Take that back. I think McDonald's McDonald's came to like the realization that they're, they they got to start paying people like 16 an hour. So I don't know. But anyways, long story short, Sky, like, you know, he got, I guess his granddaughter was like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to do something special. And his coworkers like got together with her and like, yeah, we're going to do something special for him. Like never missed a day at work. He loves making them whoppers. And, uh, you know, he loves the customers and they wanted to do, to do like a special, like, I don't know, dedication or something. So they thought it would be cool. Like, let's create like a GoFundMe and let's raise some money so we can do something special for him. And I guess like, so what was it like? Oh, you read this article too. What was it like in two days? Like they, they garnered like $300,000 or something like that. 
Yeah, I just glanced at this article. I I saw three hundred thousand. I don't I don't know if that was in a couple of days or or how long it took, but yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, what do you? First of all, what what the hell would you do at three hundred thousand dollars right now? I mean, you could all you could well, unless you're living in like some parts of California, you could like pay off like half a payment of a house at least. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck, I don't know what else you could do with that money. Probably buy a lot of drugs. I don't know. Uh, if I had 300 grand, I'd, uh, get a new, get a new car and, uh, I'd invest in uh, real estate. Like we talked about, man, start flipping houses. Well, this, this is ongoing. Apparently this guy lives in Nevada. Like I said, um, he works at Burger King and I don't know. I, I think this is ongoing. I don't think the GoFundMe's closed yet. So he could be at 500 K right now for all I know. I don't know what they set the limit to, but in two days, they raised that much money. So you you said you'd buy like a, a new ride. I don't know. I, I think for like all the smarty pants people out there, I don't, don't take this as a threat, but I would probably like invest it, like reinvest it and like try to like buy another business or something and make even more money. Oh yeah. You, you've talked about real estate also. I mean, you, would you invest some in that? Uh, well, we haven't gotten to real estate yet. So, I mean, that'd be a start. Yeah. Maybe like take a chance on that. If you had 300 K, yeah, I, th- I think you definitely could start by taking a chance that wouldn't hurt none. Come on. 300 K. Are you really going to live like the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, Mark Davis, and have a jacked up haircut and drive a minivan? Like <laughs> you're, you're going to get a new ride. Come on. You think he's still driving that Dodge Caravan or what? Like. Go to them, go to them Chinese buffets for dinner or what? That's what you told me. You said he gets $8 haircuts. Yeah, no, no. Mark Davis. Yeah. I heard that like he actually drives miles for this haircut too. Like he doesn't care how far this barbershop is. Like, I mean, has anyone seen Mark Davis's haircut? <laughs> Fuck. Looks like Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> uh, he, I think he makes Lloyd Christmas look better, you know, like, <laughs> makes him look normal shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And then, you know, I've heard stories of people that like come up on like lottery winnings and like they're spending it all on like stupid shit like drugs and stuff. Like, I don't know how much drugs you can buy with like $300,000, but it's probably nowhere near like the price you're going to pay when your ass is dirt broke, you know? Let's find out, Roki. I'm not going to find out. <laughs> Hell no. What's, hey, what's with that shit, anyways? Like, you remember, you remember when we were in high school, like you had all those kids that thought they were badass, like, oh man, I smoke this much more. Like they're like in some kind of competition. Like I fucking smoke way more than you did the other day. Like, isn't like your ultimate goal still to get high? Like it doesn't matter who fucking gets there first. Like, isn't that like, why, why are they making a competition out of that? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I couldn't even get past the numbers. I mean, I've always been terrible at math. So uh, anytime the stoners or uh, druggies would say like, oh, I got an eight ball or a gram of this, a gram. Of that, I don't fucking know what the hell. Well, no, it, it, no, I'm just talking about people like trying to like big dick each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I got so fucked up last night. Me and my boy, we smoked like three blunts back to back and I didn't even fucking budge. I'm like, you stupid motherfucker. So you lost out on money. Who's the real dumbass now? You know <laughs> You know, man, it's those dick swinging stories, you know, you got to outdo the next guy. I don't know. I just, um, I love those fucking, I love those, uh, those gunslinger stories about like high end drugs. Like you always hear people talking about, oh man, like 
I snorted a line of this. And that's like, you, you know, like, is it just me? Or like when people start talking about cocaine, they act like they're talking like about some hidden gym to you. Like, because it, to me, it's like the fucking tooth fairy. Like I hear people talking about this Coke shit all the time, but I've never seen anyone do it. I've never seen, I've never been around people. It's like a myth. Like, I don't know why people get off on this shit. Like if you're ever at like a, like a rave party or like some kind of party and people are start talking, you start talking about drugs, like what people have done. They always bring up Coke for some reason. It's like, I've heard of it. I've never like seen anyone actually doing it or fucking, you know, it's, it's like, like I said, it's like the tooth fairy. You hear all this shit about like, Oh, this and that, but it's like, well, show me, show me, show me the evidence. Where's the fucking, where's the evidence at? No, I've never been around it either. I've only heard that uh, it's supposedly a really great feeling drug, but it's like, uh, it doesn't last very long and it's an expensive drug. So that's why it's usually like a rich guy thing. I've seen motherfuckers on crack. That's for sure. I know you have too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know we've seen a few people on crack sleeping in the streets and like, you know, trying to like bum rush us like when we're walking to the store and stuff uh where like the night we went driving out in hayward at 2 a.m and saw that dude get knocked the fuck out <laughs> yeah. oh that was some fucking shit i'll never forget that me and this dude he was going through like a breakup or something and uh I, we were in my car weren't we we were driving that yep. nissan mm-hmm. i had that little small tiny green nissan Sentra, and we're just like hella bored and he just wanted to get out of the house and talk to someone. So we're cruising through Hayward. And uh, remember on our first episode last week, we talked about Castro Valley. For those of y'all that aren't from California, like Hayward's not too far. It's like maybe like what, like like two minutes away? Three. It's like literally on the tell. It like intersects yeah. with, with Castro Valley. So we're just cruising around like downtown Hayward, hella late. It's probably like what, midnight one. The clubs are getting out. Yep. Yeah, the club the clubs are getting out and uh he um he's like looking in my room. We're just talking and I don't even think we heard like this like noise come behind us like I looked in my rearview mirror there's like 20 fucking guys like they're all circled up like uh, where were they at? like in the street corner or something? I can't remember. It was like a I it caught my eye cuz they started uh it started flooding into the street. That's why I caught it in the rear view. And uh, you stopped the car, and we turned our heads and looked around. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this from my from my uh, from my rear view and my side mirror. I just seen maybe like fuck, I don't know, twenty people, and they were all like piled up. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And these two guys, they, they, of course, you know, it separates. And then there's just two guys. It looks like fucking mortal combat or fucking <laughs> Def jam vendetta or one of them games. You got like 30 fucking people lined up outside of them. Like, Oh, this looks like a video game. Right. And then, uh, yeah, a guy just, he didn't even get, I think he just clocked his ass. Right. One time that was it. Oh yeah. It was just once. And that dude was out. <laughs> that motherfucker was out cold and they left this, motherfucker in the middle of the street i'm like oh shit someone's gonna turn that corner and like hit his ass and i think we try to go back because i was like oh i'm gonna go see if we can wake him up and it's, i'm not even bullshitting as soon as i flip the corner the guy's fucking gone I'm like oh he must have rolled into like the gutter or like the sidewalk or something like that <laughs> but he was laid the fuck out like i'm talking like nothing left 
he was just like ko done <laughs> fucking out um wasn't that around the corner from that uh pizza place you used to take me to it was on b street yeah it was on b street oh you want to tell them okay so funny story you know we were just talking about uh expensive drugs there let's talk about uh let's talk about how your name originated we didn't tell these people last week bro those of you out there who want we're gonna tell you tonight how our names originated all right so you know i'm roki he's mommy uh we'll start off with the you want to talk about your experience or sure just for uh just for the record, my actual name is Michael Stetz, but uh, go by the mummy on this cast because that's what this guy calls me all the time. Uh, how old do you think we were when this happened? Oh, fuck. Um, old enough to smoke, that's for sure. I think they changed California law, so don't be coming after my ass. I was, you know, at the time, it was cool to buy smoke when you were 18. So, yeah, yeah we must have we been... 17 18 something like that yeah something like that i, I definitely think oh, probably like probably like 18 anyways we have this buddy and he uh what was what kind of car what kind of car did he have? it was like a beretta <laughs> yeah to go back to the first episode that's the same 1990 chevy beretta i lost my virginia in the back seat <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah same car and i hope i wasn't sitting on his mess back there <laughs> anyway so we t- <laughs> we go over this beretta and i got this buddy of mine and al if you're out there listening man much love i haven't seen you in years i got this uh buddy of mine this little filipino dude i grew up with oh man he had the fucking best weed i ever smoked in my whole life like this shit was the bomb before the bomb was even out there. Okay. Like, I mean, you know, everyone's talking about all this shit they smoked in their time. Oh, I got granddaddy. Nah, fuck that. This motherfucker's shit was the, uh, the grand slam of weed. All right. Yeah. It's some dank ass shit. It was bomb diggity. Anyways. Uh, my cousin, you know, love him to death. And you know, if my family's out there listening, yeah, I was, the reason why he got high for the first time. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Oh yeah, I've never, I've never done this. And this is around the time that movie came out. And he really loved these guys. He was watching that. Uh, what was that? Pineapple express at the theater. He's like, and, you know, all these stoner comedies were out like around that time, Harold and Kumar, shit like that. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I never, I never smoked before. And I was like, dude, at the time I was a pothead and you know, honest truth here i haven't probably smoked in about five six years now but um no he he was like i'm trying to like on this night he's like i'm serious i just want to get high as fuck all (laughs) right and i didn't know what to expect and it was winter time it was cold as shit but yeah i I called my buddy up and i was like hey dude i was like i'm in the area because he knows at this point i live in modesto and I, I bailed his out his ass out so many times, like rides home from like distant places. Cause he was like the life of the party. This guy, his name is Al. And I was like, Hey Al. And it's not day two motherfuckers. We're done with this ass. <laughs> you want to hear about day two? That's episode one. Go back and watch that shit. All right. That was my, this is my other buddy. Al this Filipino kid. I know. Hey, shout out Al. Isn't he uh, a Marine or whatever, man? Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for your service. Shout outs to the Marines thank you for your service yeah most deaf um so 
we drive up there and our buddy's bread and this guy's acting like a punk too. He's like, are you guys sure you want to go? I'm like, just fucking drive. Just go. <laughs> I was an asshole back then. Shut the fuck up and drive. So he takes, he takes us up to my buddy's house. My buddy comes out like in flip flops. It's winter time. He's got this big ass bag. He's like, how much you got? I'm like, all right, I got this. Da da da. We did the deal. No details will be discussed on this episode because I remain in secrecy when it comes to that kind of shit. But for the most part, we will be transparent the rest of the episode. And um, the transaction will remain off record, though. Um, who who was with us that night? Was it? It was Chris and Shane, right? No, Shane was. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was there. Fuck, I yeah. couldn't. Hear. So we knew this other guy named Shane. He's, we'll get into that in just a moment here. So I get the stuff. And I already got the, I already picked up earlier that day. I picked up some blunt wraps, you know, two for 99 cents, baby. Swisher sweets. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going up and uh, his friend's like, we don't know where we're going to smoke all this at. And I'm like, I know a spot, <laughs> motherfucker. So, um, oh, should I even, yeah. Okay. I'll just say it. We went up, up in Hayward on, on the very tip of the hill. There's this, uh, it's very large. You can't miss it. There's like a pair of hands up there. It's creepy as fuck at nighttime. There, there's this, there's this cemetery called Lone Tree. And back then at this cemetery, they got a gate around it now, but back then they used to leave it unlocked. You could walk through there like anytime you wanted pretty much. I, I took, uh, I took a couple people out there. We'll just. He's smiling because he knows who I'm talking. We'll get into that story later on. Anyways, I took some. <laughs> so anyways, so I'm like, hey, just pull up here. He goes, I don't know if I want to go inside there. I'm like, shut up. Quit being a bitch. Just go in here and get our smoke on. This I'll, isn't me. This isn't me, by the way. This is uh, one of the boys we were with. This is one of the boys. No, no, not him. Yeah. He was down to smoke my cousin. Not this other guy that was not. The driver was the one acting like a punk. Anyways, it's like. It's hella. Fo- Remember how foggy it was? It was foggy. Oh, yeah. Shit, I, I won't it's forget like a, that. It's like a goddamn Scooby Doo episode in that graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you probably felt like Shaggy, motherfucker, after you took the bits <laughs> off that fucking blunt. But we'll get into that in just a moment. <laughs> so, we go up into this uh, cemetery, and at the it's like an incline because you're on the hill in Hayward. Anyone who knows Hayward, the Hayward Hills. You know, you got Carlos B. You got the, uh, you got. East Bay out there. You got all that up on the top of the hill. And it's really beautiful. Anyone who wants a nice drive, if you're ever in the East Bay, go through the Hayward Hills at night. You can like see like the, the city skyline view, like all the lights in the city. Anyways, back to our story. So we get up on this incline. And I remember because we got relatives buried in there. And uh I uh <laughs> I remember <laughs> at the very tip, there's this there's like this big long bench table thing and we get to the top by this tree and after you get the incline it's just a steep downhill dive so we stayed on top of this incline and i was like all right here it is this is this is the official spot right here pull out the blunts uh break down the weed didn't have a grinder or none of that shit back then i used my fingers pulled the stems and the seeds out i broke this weed down we rolled up that blunt wasn't the tightest one. I wasn't a pro roller like some of my friends were, but it, it got the job done and we lit it up. And no, actually, I didn't light it up. The driver, the one who was acting like a fucking weenie, 
was the one who actually lit the fucking blunt. Remember? Yeah. He's like, oh, we're still like this motherfucker's hitting it. All right. So I hope he doesn't get messed up. We still need to get a ride home. So he's hitting it. Yeah, that uh, Chevy Bread is a manual that none of us uh, could drive at the time. So we right, definitely right. needed him to drive. So then, so then, yeah, exactly. I ain't driving no fucking manual. He goes, uh, he goes. All right, Roke, you hit it next because because uh, I've already done this, and I want you, I want you to hit this now. And I'm like, oh, dude, I've done this a million times. My tolerance is built up. Yours isn't, motherfucker. So I took the blunt out of his hand. Puff, puff, pass. I know the rules, so. I just took an extra long hit because I wanted it to kick in a little faster. So then I passed it to our other buddy, Shane, he was talking about. And Shane, now he's like that guy you don't want to smoke with. He's like a fucking buzz. He was like, oh, this shit's not even working, man. This shit's weak as fuck. This shit ain't even working. He kept saying that over and over. And I'm like, motherfucker, if you just wouldn't hell and shut the fuck up and go figure. This was back in like 2007. Like right now, 2022, he's like the biggest stoner, isn't he? Yeah, he eventually became one. But I mean, yeah, this is like, I think we were like 17, like we said. And uh, him and I had never smoked at that time yet. So we were, we were virgins. We didn't, you had to, I remember you had to teach us the whole, you know, inhale, hold it in your lungs and kind of shit. And he just wasn't getting it. So he wasn't getting high at all. The bottom line, he was being insubordinate to his uh, trainer here. And, uh, (laughs) I could have written, wrote, wrote his ass up and five should have wrote and written his ass up and fired him that day. Um, so then it's my lovely cousin's first time. Here he comes. It's his turn. Pass him the blunt. And he goes, I'm like, dude, you could take a couple extra hits. I'm going to be, I know you've been waiting for this ultimate moment in your life. And you know, <laughs> this is like the, uh, this is like the pinnacle moment right here, you know? It's not going to get any higher than this. <laughs> and uh, he's looking at it. He's looking at me. He's looking at it. He's looking at me. Hey, it's like this. Look, showed him how to do it. And he does it. And he holds his shit in a really long fucking time. And I'm like, oh, he's going to fucking die choking. He's <laughs> going to he's going to collapse. He was holding this shit in really long. I'm like, dude, let that shit go. He finally lets it go. <laughs> and mind you. Then, the, then, of course, the paranoia starts kicking in. Our, our driver's like, I think I just heard a security guard from the distance. Like, is that a light? And I'm like, you fucking idiot. It's probably some car drive. It's so foggy up there, I'm telling you. And that was really cool because the smoke mixing it with the fog, it pays fucking off, right? Yeah. And, uh, we had a killer spot, too. It was uh, up on a hill, like in the middle of the cemetery, uh, surrounded by trees and stuff. So it was really cool. Oh, yeah. So, um. So then we got to walk down this fucking, like I said, we got to walk down this. Um, we already hit our incline. Now we got to go down the fucking hill. And this, fuck, this sucked. Because, and this is this is it right here. So he's tiptoeing and he's like got his fucking hands in like this. My cousin I'm talking about, he's got his hands in this fucking, like, I'm like, dude, you look like a fucking mummy, like crawling I, up. The- I said at first, I'm holding my hands out and uh giggling like a dipshit and i remember turning to you guys going i feel like a mummy he's like i feel <laughs> like a mummy i was like that's it from now on motherfucker you're gonna be called the mummy bitch and i just <laughs> stuck with the mummy the whole time he's been the mummy now for over 15 years and he fucking loves it <laughs> yep never oh. never died so the okay so our 
we got we got a guy being a buzzkill. We got the mummies bored now. We got me. I'm like I'm just enjoying my high. It's just you know at this point, I, in this point in my life, I was already smoking like three blunts a day. So what four blunts a day? I was going through blunt after blunt. It wasn't like nothing big to me. Um, so and then our driver, so he's driving us around. We all just this whole fucking Beretta now just reeks of fucking you know like weed and fucking. He's like. You guys hungry? I'm like, no <laughs> fucking shit, motherfucker. You know, and I look at my cousins looking back. I'm like, oh, dude, he's, and mind you, my aunt is like, I thought for sure my ass was going to be on fire when I brought his ass home because his eyes are red as fuck. Like, he's bloodshot eyes and uh, his face is hella red. And uh, yeah, my mom's always had the nose of a bloodhound. So I for sure thought my ass was going to be grass, no pun intended, oh, when yeah. I got home. I was like, dude, you, I was like, dude, we we both fucking reek of some of the greatest weed CV has to fucking offer right now. <laughs> and we're up in the, so my friend's like, I can take you guys to get some McDonald's. And I'm like, <laughs> well then drive, motherfucker. What are you sitting here negotiating for? See, this is the problem. When you get in a group of guys that's smoking, you're always gonna it doesn't matter what set of friends you got, you're always gonna be one buzz kill. We already know who the fuck that was in the group. I'm not high, I don't know what the fuck you guys are. I can't even feel this shit. <laughs> you got one motherfucker over here who's trying to be like the negotiator slash like coordinator of the you know <laughs> the plans and shit. Yeah, then you like got this the, guy, uh... he's high as fuck. This is his first time getting stoned. He feels like he's on cloud fucking nine right now. The goddamn driver's trying to be like the, the fucking scout leader or some shit. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where should we go to eat? I think McDonald's is great. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. So we went to McDonald's. I think I got a shit. I fucking ordered like 50 nuggets. I can't. I was so fucking hungry. And this guy, I've, I swear, I've never seen him. My cousin, I'm talking about eat fucking fast food so much. as I think he got like a couple like quarter pounders or such. I can't. He ordered so much fucking food. I got a bunch of McChickens, I remember. It was oh, it was McChickens. Yeah, sorry. You got some McChickens. Like, I, he was scarfing those motherfuckers down, too. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember the best part. So we get dropped off. And before we go in the house, I'm like, dude, here's. The, now we're trying to come up with a plan because his, his mom's upstairs. You know, we're praying that she's knocked out that way. But I mean, you could just. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you smell like fucking dank. I could just smell it on you. Like the moment this car door opens up, they're going to know we're all fucking stoned. Like you could just, you know, you could just smell it. Like it's been circulating now on, on like all of our clothes and shit. Um, so we rush upstairs. I don't know if he like threw his clothes like in, in a hand. I can't remember. He put them somewhere like a garbage i don't know did you throw them in a garbage bag or just in the hamper what'd you do i don't even i don't even think i changed uh it, it blew me away that we got home made it to my room and uh it was about 10 minutes maybe 15 after we'd been home and i get a call from my mom saying she wanted to talk to me i'm like oh fuck she's gonna smell it here we go <laughs> and uh i uh she was downstairs at the time i went downstairs and uh talked to her i just kind of kept my distance so hopefully her uh bloodhound nose wouldn't pick up on any sense but oh, yeah. uh, luckily i got lucky she didn't smell anything so yeah it was a killer night man and uh the mummy was born the mummy was born there you go you have the official story right there gosh but that night was really fun like i said and uh al like i said if you're out there listening to this man much love i can't wait to re reconnect with you one day um yeah no it was fun but uh 
my story is a little bit more funnier. I, I think there's <laughs> we we gotta tell them about our, our our martial arts career that they don't know about. <laughs> Fuck. In case you guys didn't know, we were uh we were the uh Steven Seagal protégés. This is a true story, by the way. Now uh, at this point, what today, what what are we both? We're uh, we're both two time college dropouts now. Yeah, fuck. I, I'm not going to go back. You know, honestly, anyone who's out there getting a college degree, more power to you. Oh, I yeah. uh, I tried that shit like twice, maybe even three times, and like it, it just wasn't for me. I got nothing against anyone's choices in life, but like just get your hustle on, man. That's that's all you got. I mean, I'm not saying don't go to school. Hey, school's great. It's It's incredible, but like it's just for me, I, I had fun. And, uh, you know, you guys are probably thinking like, oh, this guy just went there to fucking party and bullshit. Like, no, I actually went and got my studies on and I was, you know, looking forward to my computer science career, but it just didn't work out that way. Um, But yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not against school. I just, I just took a different route and it's been working for me. So whatever works for you, remember what I said last week, if you have something you're focused on, don't let any fucking obstacles bring you down during your journey just pursue your journey fuck everyone else <laughs> but yeah fuck it we yeah no definitely man so we uh we had <laughs> him and i were both going to chabot college in hayward and you know we went there for a number of reasons we both i took an acting class we, we had to do like a bunch of um oh what are those what's the subject called where you do extra activities your uh oh electives your elective classes there you go your elective courses so yeah, I did acting at nights and like, you know, you hear all these great stories. Like, oh, Tom Hanks went here and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Fuck. Yeah. I'm going to be the next Tom Hanks. There's a snake in my boots. You know? <laughs> 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 no, anyways, we went to, uh, yeah. So we went to Chabot and him and I were like, dude, we should just, we, we, I don't know why we're both going here. If we're not taking any classes together, like we would always see each other in passing but yeah, uh, I think I was, I think I was taking photography classes at night and we would run into each other. Yeah, no, you know, you were taking the health class too. Remember when I was getting yeah. out of acting? Yeah. I was thinking about going into sports medicine. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I've never been into <laughs> medical stuff, but yeah. <laughs> I remember he would come out and he's like, you know what I learned? I'll never forget this. This shit still sticks in my mind today. Like you can't see it on camera, but I got this shit. And I, every time I see a bottle of water, I think of this motherfucker because he's like, you know, I, I read that uh, I I discovered that if you leave water bottles out overnight, it builds up calcium, and that's not too good for you. Like, <laughs> fuck, where are you learning this shit at, right? So, college. Yeah, good to know. <laughs> Stay in school and don't be a fool, right? So, we uh, we had a uh, oh yeah, so we wanted to take a course together. We were like, you know, we've done all this shit. Let's just take an electives course. For the fuck of it. And uh, I'm like, all right, so what do you want to do? And he's like, we looked at each other and we were looking, we went through this catalog. He, he drove a Toyota Celica at the time. And uh, it was, that was a pretty sweet fucking car. Whatever happened to the Celica? Just took a dump on you or what? No, it was actually, it was my sister's first car. And uh, it was kind of just like the family bounce around car. Like whenever any, any of us had a car in the shop, we just take out the Celica. So that was kind of my in-between car. And uh, we eventually 
got all of our cars up and running and in good shape and we didn't need it anymore. So we sold it. Wow. What a, that's so sad. I would have bought that thing. I wish I would have known. Yeah. We had a lot of good times in that. Fuck yeah. That's, that's, that was the car right there. We used to take drives all over, listen to music in that car. Sometimes we would just go cruising just for the fuck of it. But, uh, back to the story. So we're in the Celica and we're parked at, a. we're at this park and we're going through, um, like a like a catalog or some sort and we're like all right what are we into and for some reason i'm looking at this thing on this paper i'm looking over he's looking at me we're looking at the same thing i'm like i already know what you're thinking motherfucker like because we both we both love steven seagal movies as shitty as they are steve if you're listening if you are ever downloading this podcast or listening to it you're you're one of our favorite guys uh we won't break your wood because we know that's no good what movie was that from uh fire down below he goes you broke my wood that's no good <laughs> it's okay. my favorite's always been under siege man that shit still holds up <laughs> no. so uh we we looked at each other and they had they had aikido and that's the martial art like i said steven seagal mastered and i'm like what they offer this at the I'm like fuck yeah and, and then we're both broke at this time so like we're getting like uh like assistance from like the uh, you know like the grants they do and shit and i'm like all right right on i was like fuck yeah I'll, I'll take that with you like this is we're getting these lessons for free like why not so signed up him and i and i'll never forget day one at this course so no 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 before that we started getting like all these letters like you guys got to go purchase like uh like geese you know like the <laughs> martial art geese because uh if you want to come to the dojo i'm like dude it wasn't yeah, fucking break. It's just the gymnasium. They fucking <laughs> yeah. It's not like you're gonna open those two sliding Japanese doors and there's gonna be a fucking like Japanese bathhouse up in there or some shit, you know. But anyways, it's not some, it's not some kill bill shit. It's a goddamn <laughs> gymnasium with some <laughs> yeah. fucking mats on the floor. <laughs> so so we um we go out to this place on the boulevard and we found this martial arts store. We bought some nunchucks and some geese. I don't know why we bought the nunchucks. We didn't even need that. I think we just bought like a pair just to dick around with. And uh, anyways, so <laughs> you still got that video. I, that video somewhere you recorded of us. I think it's on my old phone or something. Like we were, we had these geese on and we were like fucking do like martial art poses and shit. We look like a bunch of mimes in fucking San Francisco or something, you know, like. I don't have that shit, so maybe yeah. I do. <laughs> so. We took this class and it was beautiful. Everything was great because the the campus was dead. It was on, I think, like a Sunday or a Saturday. Um, and like, you know, on the weekend, there's no, you know, there's there's no uh, school. Or, well, the college campus is open, but there's hardly any classes on the weekend. So like parking was right. like free and we got to go there anyways, day one. So we go into the quote unquote dojo <laughs> and we're like, fuck, I, you know, I'm expecting to open the door and like steam's coming out and shit, you know, and <laughs> we're expecting some badass instructor walking. <laughs> yeah. So we get there and oh, fucking a, was there a, uh, was there a roster full of gimmicks up in there? Let me tell you, there was this, there's this guy named Manuel. We'll, I'm going to get into the whole shit on this episode. I hope you guys don't mind hearing our, this is a great fucking story. You got to hear this. <laughs> so we get in there. It's day one. We're all like lined up in formation 
and the teacher is doing roll call. I'm sorry, the sensei. She comes out. Oh, yeah, by the way, that's another thing. Like he just said, we're expecting like this badass instructor to come out looking like someone from fucking Cobra Kai that you don't fuck with, you know, some kind of like a Mr. Miyagi looking motherfucker. Anyways, I'm looking around like, who the fuck is that? In the corner of my eye, here comes this. Oh, her, she's like five foot two, five foot three. <laughs> yeah. Fucking looks like some kind of like hippie soccer mom from fucking, uh, you know, from like Love Fest 20, fucking, or I'm sorry, Love Fest 1975 in San Francisco, you know, like hippie hill motherfucker, right? Straight up like a 65 year old looking hippie bitch with like gray hair. Oh, like yeah. She wear Birkenstock sandals and shit. And she comes out and she goes, Welcome to Aikido 101, ladies and gentlemen. Very soft spoken. I'm like, what the fuck? She goes, I'm Sensei Harris, and I'm going <laughs> to be your instructor for the next eight to 12 weeks. And you're going to learn a lot about the culture and the skill of Aikido. And I'm like, oh, fuck, get me out of here. Already, I'm looking over at him, and he's like, he's already got this fucking look on his face like, uh, we at the right place. Like, <laughs> and she starts doing roll call. And he just says, his name's Michael Stetz. My real name's Derek Roke, but she gets to our names. She goes, Michael Steez. And Roke, he turns to me and giggles and goes, ha ha, Steez. I was like, ha, Steez, <laughs> motherfucker. I was like, it's bad enough. You, you know, you're already uh, the mummy, right? And then she turns to me and she goes, uh, she, she, she gets past his name. She, I'm at the very bottom because I, I added in late. So that the first day, like they didn't go in alphabetical order. They kind of went like by who added on what day or some shit. So I'm like, at, like towards the bottom, she goes, do we have a Derek Roki in here? And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, you motherfucking bitch. So I look over and he's like pointing at my face down. Like, you motherfucker, you're Roki bitch. Like, yeah. Whatever. So I'm like, fuck, this class is going to suck dick. All right. So, we, we fucking we're over there on the first day and this is what we learned on the first day ladies and gentlemen she's fucking over here like oh so i'm gonna show you guys some defense mechanisms now when you're ever in a confrontation and someone is just shoving you away i want you to take their palms when they're on your they're, they're trying to shove you you take their palms and you flip just like a plate of cookies. You just flip them upside down <laughs> and you walk with them and you're going to take this plate of cookies. Like it's hot and it needs to get on that counter fast. <laughs> like what the fuck are we in right now? Like, is this the cooking network or is this Aikido? So for the listeners out there, you can hold your hand out, palm down and picture somebody grabbing your wrist. And Sensei Harris was saying to take a step to your left or your right and then turn your wrist, twist it, palm up. And that was plate of cookies was palm up. So, yeah, so every time she do the cookies. move, it was plate of cookies, plate of cookies, plate of cookies. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck? What in the actual fuck are we doing here? Not only are we wasting time, we're fucking not learning shit. So. I said, fuck it. You know what? This sucks dick bad enough already. And like, uh, this ain't a knock on anyone who really practices and takes martial arts seriously. As a matter of fact, I think that this class was ridiculing y'all. I think this class was a mockery of y'all because 
you guys actually have a fucking killer craft going all you brazilian jiu-jitsu mixed martial artist out there write a fucking review just tell them to cancel if aikido if it's not already fucking been canceled that chabot fucking college right uh, so yeah this class gets more bizarre and him and i are on this breaking point like we're like three weeks in they start partnering us up with different people and shit this one guy looks like he's got pillows in his pants. This motherfucker's like, that's my partner. His name's Pillow Pants. Well, dude, at least you got to fucking buddy up with fucking Manuel. We have this guy named fucking Manuel. This guy's such a dick. He's like, and he had like this raspy voice like this. You guys are all doing it wrong. Fucking do it right. I'm like, fuck, leave me alone, man. He so, himself looked about 65 and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Taking a, a goddamn class at 65 years old, Manuel? Like, what the fuck are you going to do? He just wanted to be, on? he wanted to beat the fuck out of some kids. What do you think? Anyway, <laughs> want to take his aggression out on some young fucking punks who were actually getting pussy out there. So no, he fucking no. So, so, so fucking, um, so yeah, this guy, Manuel, he started like getting a hard on for us. Like he started following us around and shit. I was he, like, would, right. he, he would spot us across the fucking room. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, no, I remember. I was like, dude, we're just going to stay off in a distance. I don't give a fuck if we're supposed to have different partners. I'm like, let's just work together through this bullshit and just get our damn credit. At this point, we didn't give a fuck if we learned anything or not anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, he came over and he's like, you boys are doing it wrong. I'm going to show you how it's fucking done. And he started, then he fucking started chopping us. I was like, dude, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fucking. <laughs> strip kick you in the fucking dick right now motherfucker like i'm gonna bust your fucking balls in you little bitch you, you keep fucking touching me no so fucking. yeah Emmanuel's a son of a bitch oh yeah i was oh fuck yeah he was um so then after a while we're like you know what fuck this class like we couldn't drop it i was just like i'm not gonna even waste my fucking time anymore like it's too late to drop it um i mean we could have dropped it but we took an et- we're gonna realize you know what Let's just, we're going to get the F anyways. Fuck this shit. So like, it just gave us a reason. I don't even know why. Like, what the fuck? We were already grown adults. It's not like we were ditching school or anything. Like, it just gave us a reason to kick it on, uh, what was it? Sundays or Saturday. Like, we used to go get uh, Chinese food at this place we knew. His dad was a mailman. So we stopped and seen his dad for like, you know, what, on his lunch break and just went to the park and just chilled at the park and, you know, ate our food and just bullshit for a little bit and then fucking left but uh well the first day that we ditched uh, i always remember that shit I, I drove the celica over to your grandma's house to pick you up and uh you weren't even in your gi yet and uh, i just looked at your face and i go oh fuck i know what you're thinking and you started smiling and you go yeah we're not going to this class today <laughs> Yo, you fucking damn right. no because i already reached my tipping point i'm like fuck this class like this this teacher sucks or the sensei fucking oh that's another thing she bullshitted us She's like, I used to know Steven Seagal. We called him Seagull back in the day. <laughs> Seagull. You can't fucking know Steven Seagal. Which don't fucking... And then remember, she tried to teach us like Japanese letters. I'm like, am I in Japanese constructive writing class or am I in fucking Aikido? Like, I didn't know where the fuck I was anymore. Like, I was so lost. Didn't she say that he took her like to some Aikido event as her date or some shit? Yeah, she said that yeah that you're right she did say that that they were like they had like some dinner date and i'm like oh great Is, are, are you one of those ladies to press the fucking lawsuit against him or what <laughs> <laughs> what did you do if you found out that was her dude she's like 
I called him Seagull and he touched me inappropriately. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I've seen uh, seen Seagal's ex-wife. Uh, was her name Kelly LeBrock or something like that? Yeah, yeah Sensei Harris ain't holding up to hers. So uh, I think she's uh, smoking some dope. I don't know. What if, what if she? What if Sensei Harris was a was a beautiful, pretty young thing back in the day? Ah, oh, damn. I need to use my imagination for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, that was a that was a good. You know what? That was a fun time though. But uh. Remember the warm-up she would have us do? She'd have us lie on her back on the fucking mat and roll up and down and just, like, shake our bodies and shit and, like, kind of roll up and back. And you and I would get so fucking sick. We would just lay there, look at each other, and laugh our ass off, man. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I think I almost fucking threw my my Fruit Loops up I ate that morning or some (laughs) shit. No, seriously. Like, she'd have us do, like, these back rolls. Like, okay, we're going to do... Three rolls forward and then three back, forward uh, and back. And I'm like, fuck this, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah. So we started just kind of um, making it a a ritual every week. We we skip the class and uh, we go to this spot where it was that Chinese restaurant was next to the Taco Bell. And back then I used to eat junk food. And so I'd always get that grilled stuffed burrito from Taco Bell. You'd get Chinese food and we go over to the duck park in Hayward or no San Lorenzo. That's right. uh, Lemon chicken, baby. That's still my favorite Chinese dish to this day. And yeah, we, uh, as he said, my dad, he was a mailman for 40 years in San Lorenzo. And, uh, we ran into him one day and he goes, Oh, Hey boys, I thought you had class today. And, like you said, I mean, we're whatever, you know, out of high school, we're basically adults, you know, I don't know why the hell we felt we need to lie, but, oh yeah, class got canceled today. He's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm going to go back to delivering my mail now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That place fucking sucked, man. That was, that was the most fucking awful. I think that was the awfulest experience I had there because Chabot wasn't that bad of a college. Just their wacko fucking senses they hired there. I, I don't know, man. I passed that health class, but I ended up ditching out on the photography class, the Aikido class. I ended up getting so many W's. I got put on uh, academic probation. I didn't go back to college for years. So my uh, Chabot years weren't as uh, awesome as yours. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's whatever. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, I've never had like the urge to be around like a group of people who and i think you know what i'm talking about like for example there's a lot of people it doesn't matter where you're at if you're at like if you're at like a university or like if you're at a fucking hell even when you're like in a bar or like you're around like a bunch of strangers and shit like everyone's always trying to like one-up each other you know like like oh i'm doing this better than you and like that makes me a better person it's like you fucking suck you know well it was such a, a weird experience for me that uh to go to high school to even a junior college, not like a university. I don't know. Maybe the, I never been to a university. So maybe the uh, lifestyle there is different, but high school, as everyone knows, there's, there's cliques and groups and you have your friends and everyone kind of oh, yeah. knows each other and stuff. And that's the way it is. But uh, junior college, man, it tripped me out that the minute there was a, a break in class or class let out, everyone just sat on their phone in private nobody talked to each other everyone went their own separate ways so it was very weird 
Well, that's like we've talked about this before. That's like the generation that we're kind of in right now. Like, you know, you and I both talked about this, like back in high school, what, like the, you know, like the emo kids hung out with the emos, the skaters with the skaters, the gangsters with the gangsters, the fucking, you know, the cowboys with the cowboys. Like everyone was like diverse, right? Like everyone, I'm not, we were in a diverse group, but everyone had like their own like subgroup that they hung out with, you know? Right. And, and what, well, we actually went to separate high schools. So what group would you say you were in? Believe it. I, and I, I know a lot of people probably say this, but they're full of shit because I can testify to that. I'll call them out on their bullshit. Basically. I just, I hung out with a little bit of everyone. I was like kind of to myself. I didn't like, I thought that was stupid. Where like you picked a group and like, you're like, Oh, these, these are my people. Like, fuck that. Like we're all human. You know, like I don't really judge anyone unless you're a piece of shit, you know, <laughs> other than that, like I'll, I'll hang out with anyone. I'll give everyone a fair chance. Um, did, you, did you have a cowboy group in your, in your school? Sure did. <laughs> sure did. And, uh, they, they party like fucking rock stars too. Let me tell you. Yeah. They always have their little groupies, man. I don't know. You know, they have the, the, the cowgirls always wanted to be with them, but I would always, I always said, uh, I felt like I was a loner. I mean, uh, I had like five, six really close friends. I still talk to today. We always hung out, but we just kind of did our own thing, man. We would always go to these stairs that were kind of away from everybody else and just chill, do our own thing. But we didn't really, you know, we weren't druggies, stoners, cowboys, jocks, none of that shit. We just, whatever. Well, I feel like that's like what a lot of the, uh, you said this shit before i I remember when we were uh back when we were looking for work you were like oh like i can't like you try to apply at spencer's remember and you got the interview and they're like you can tell right off the bat the fucking guy interviewing he's got like a fucking like a like like one of them like bull nose piercings and shit you know the yeah, uh, septum or whatever the fuck they call it. he's got like the ear chain and shit with the green hair and you're like yeah, I just need a job. I don't give a fuck like what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what we talked about. It's like it's that tribalism, man. They look at you like, you know, you're not a part of my tribe. What the hell are you doing here? I don't I don't feel the urgency to like I mean, I feel like people like what is it? Like you're going through an identity crisis cuz people go through that shit all the time. Even now, like you said, like a lot of those people that were with the cowboy groups back then, are they still cowboys? I don't know. You tell me, look them up on fucking Facebook or something. A lot of these people aren't. A lot of the people that went to my school that were like jocks, preps and shit, like, you know, they're all different now. And like, especially some of the women, they all got older, had kids. Oh, okay, yeah. They, <laughs> That's yeah. so great. You know what I'm talking about motherfucker, when I say that? Like, it's, I don't know. I just feel like what? It's a trend. It's cool for the moment, but what are you going to be tomorrow? It's weird to hear the shit your parents always said come true in your lifetime when they said, you know, the the hot cheerleaders, you know, they whatever they get older, they have kids and uh, the most popular jocks, you know, they get bald and fat and all this shit. And you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. But you actually live long enough to see that come true, man. That's pretty crazy. Well, I don't even you know, this is why, like. I never, ever settle in my life. And what I mean by that is, like, people give up too easy on themselves. Like, oh, man, 
Like, remember that guy we saw at Urban Outfitters a few uh, months back? Yeah, what was that in Emeryville, I think, right? So let me draw this. Yeah, it was in Emeryville. Let me draw this picture for everyone out there listening. So me and this guy, bored as fuck. You know, I think the uh, thing started just barely opening up, you know, like during like the tail end of the COVID phase. And uh, we're sitting down on this bench. And mind you, we both now have been single for, uh, I'm going on three and a half. What are you going on? Five years? Going on, yeah, something like that, five. Five or six, yeah. So um, (laughs) we're just hanging out on this bench and like the shopping center. And we're looking through the windows and anyone out there, it was just me because I'm pretty sure a lot of other guys have seen this too. You ever notice like you're going to like Target or Walmart or I don't know, where you, wherever the fuck you shop. In this particular case, we were at uh, a bench looking inside this Urban Outfitter store in Emeryville. And this fucking guy is just like all up on, like I can see it through the window. I'm not even in the store. Like, like everywhere his girlfriend walks, like he's like right behind her, like a fucking puppy dog who's like lost. You know, like, can I come with you? <laughs> I, he looked more like a bodyguard to me than a puppy dog, man. He was guarding her in every angle. He didn't want anybody else to see her. Well, dude, that's that fucking little dick energy I'm talking about. You know, it's like my girlfriend is the best thing in the whole wide world, and she's the best thing that I will ever, ever have. And no one's going to have her but me. <laughs> I swear. Wasn't this guy holding all the bags? I believe holding oh, yeah. her purse. And every time she bent over, he would like look around and, you know, 180 degree direction, block her ass, all this shit. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. The fuck, dude. Are you getting paid a, a, an hourly wage for this shit? Like, are you, do you work for her? Because you sure look like it. Yeah, he's a baggage handler. <laughs> he's a fucking he's a package handler i mean what do you expect i mean it gets worse too like like you know you get those guys out there that like they always uh you know you're ever like at a party or some shit like or maybe you're at some kind of like outing with friends and family and you always hear like those guys you know, the special guys I'm talking about where they're like, all right, well, um, me and Tiffany here, we're going to get going home because it's getting late. We're kind of getting tired. I'm like, no, no. We're, we're two episodes in, motherfucker, and you're already goddamn repeating yourself. You said this episode one. No, I'm, I'm going to have to repeat it because <laughs> this is where I was going. I'm just picking up from last week. Like, I want people to know this shit. It's out there. This is the same shit. Like. It's not like that. You're tired, motherfucker. Or she's tired. You're not, motherfucker. Like, don't, don't fucking, don't buy into that shit. So, what I'm trying to say is, be yourself, but also don't be that Urban Outfitters motherfucker either. All right, don't be some baggage handler because you can be doing a lot more shit with your life, productivity wise. Go out there in the world. Come up with a plan. Fuck. Go spend time with your friends. You're only going to be in this world one time. Isn't that shit scary to think about? You're only going to exist in this planet once in your life, and that's yeah. it? Fuck yeah. No fucking do-over. There's do-overs for a lot of shit in this life, but life, living life is not one of them. Like You're going to fucking die, and you're going to regret you know, everything you've done because you've invested so much time, so much energy, so much uh, creativity on one focus. Isn't that sad? 
Like you're li- you're living someone else's dream while you're fucking sleeping on yours. Wake the fuck up. Yeah, that's why I feel so good. You know, finally uh, do things for yourself, man. Yeah, no, it's it's oh, it's bullshit. Like, and then like you see that when when you're with your friends, you know, like you see like characters that they're playing, they're not even being them true selves. Like, uh, I don't know. You want to talk about gimmicks? You want to talk about like how like some of our buddies that we know all of a sudden now are like that's not you like that's not the same motherfucker i knew like five years ago you know like they're playing someone else yeah i mean i've had that a few times with uh different buddies man like uh you know them as a certain person when they're around you and the minute you know some pussy comes around they whip out a cigar and they're not a smoker and then they try to act all cool and shit and puff in front of these chicks. But it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're not exactly, you know, you're playing a gimmick. I mean, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Well, women play gimmicks too, though. And you know, this firsthand, we could talk about your experience. Like I said, remember I brought up this, uh, I brought it up to him. I'll, I'll tell the audience out there. Think of it. Like, uh, the, the, the analogy I used was like Mike Tyson, right? Um, you know, when Mike's talking and is he's laughing because he knows what I'm talking about. When he, if you go back and watch any Mike Tyson like press conference, I mean he's only done it once, but like when he had the title and Mike was in his prime and like this is after Cuss died and all that, and he like was the baddest motherfucker. What do they call him? The baddest man on the planet or some shit like that? Yeah, something like that. I remember like you would watch these press conferences and people would always come up to him and be like, Fuck you, Mike. We're going to kill you once we get in that ring, motherfucker. When you hear ding, ding, I'm going to tear your fucking head off and eat your fucking brains out. Like, they just talk all this crazy shit to him. They're going to beat his ass. They're going to fuck his wife. And, like, you know, all this shit, like, they would say to him. And Mike, the whole time, he's just sitting there, like, smiling with that little gold tooth. You're like, sign the contract, big boy. Sign the contract. (laughs) He's all calm, cool, and reserved. But you know what? I watched the Tyson documentary. It's one of my favorite documentaries. He says it best, like he bled for garbage because he knows it's all bullshit. Like at the end of the day, when that bell rings, ding, ding, and he would fucking say it like he wouldn't take his eyes off his opponent because when his opponent looked away, that's when he knew he got him. Now, how does that relate to what I'm talking about? Well, this motherfucker right here, he can he can straight up tell you a recent story that happened to him. You know, you get in these relationships and I, this is where the urban outfitter dudes are born at. Trust me. I fucking guarantee it. This is where those urban outfitter guys we just talked about are created. They, they get in a relationship or not. It doesn't have to be a relationship, but they get into like some kind of fling. And when they finally like meet this, you know, some of these women, they, they tell these stories just so they can entrap you. Like, Oh, I'm the baddest bitch you'll ever meet. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, what did that fucking broad say to you? Like, she sucked more dicks than a fucking... What did she say? She said something to you, right? You talking about the one-night stand? Yeah, the one-night stand you had. <laughs> she just, you know, was, uh, as you said earlier, telling those gunslinger stories of... Uh, she didn't say anything about sucking dick, but just, you know, that cliched shit. Oh, I could teach you some things and... Uh, oh, yeah. All this and that. I'm like, you don't know anything about me. Like, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what the <laughs> fuck I can teach you. So what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I played along. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. And uh, she was a friend of my sister's. And uh, we met up and hooked up. 
And yeah, she wasn't ready for what I was bringing, man. I, you know, went three rounds with her and by the end of the night, she was looking, uh, pretty worse for, for, uh, for wear. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it hit me what you said of just like, you know, it's, it's all bullshit. It's all gunslinger stories. And it's all, I don't know why you got to play gimmicks like that and build, build yourself up. Just be who you are. Have a good time, yep. man. Like all that shit wasn't necessary to say. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like I said. And like, I feel like that's how like a lot of guys get entrapped because they buy the hype and they get knocked the fuck out in the first round. And then, you know what? It's like fucking, uh, your ass belongs to them at that point, pretty much, you know, like, and that's when you become that, that baggage handler for life, you know? <laughs> and, uh, no, it's, it's bull. It's bullshit because, yeah, like I said, going back to Tyson, just got to think of that. Anytime with just they're talking all that big shit like, yeah, I'm going to suck your dick so much you're going to fall asleep. Like, I'm going to knock you the fuck out, motherfucker. Like, you can't go two rounds with me. Just be like, just think of Mike. Just be like, sign the contract, big girl. Sign the contract. Because <laughs> I yeah. guarantee you, once they hear ding, ding, like this guy, when he got in that room with that, what'd you say? She like. She was talking to you all this big shit, like, oh, I got a bunch of toys and blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. She goes, oh, yeah, I, I, I have toys and this and that. I said, oh, bring them out. Let's see what you got. Let's have some fun. And uh, she goes, oh, and kind of grins at me. Not tonight. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, who blinked first, motherfucker? You know, fucking toys. And then, you know, she pulls out the Astroglide and all that dog shit that came along <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. Oh, it's over. It's like you, you won that my- battle. What kind of minor league shit is Astroglide, man? Come on. Been rocking some Slickwood shit for years now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's all gunslinger stories. Don't buy the fucking hype and don't become some baggage handler bitch either, okay? Don't sell out and lose because if you lose the fight, you're losing life, man. She's going to entrap you and keep you as a puppy dog, a lap dog for forever. And <laughs> No, tell, tell him, tell him that aftermath though. Like this, this fucking lady went crazy on him. She was like calling him up fucking nonstop texting him, called his sister, made a big fucking deal out of all this. And I'm like, the fuck you doing? Like, you know, and this, once again, I'm going to bring up iron Mike Tyson. We love you. Love your show. Love what you do for the community, brother. Anyways, she, fucking, she, uh, what happens in the, in the post fight, they have the, you know, the next day they do the post-fight press conference. The dude that got his ass knocked out by Tyson's all like fucking blued black and in the face and shit. Like got to puffy eye, you know, looking like it's about to explode. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my rematch. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of him. Like that's exactly what she did. She got on the phone, like tried calling him up, and he's like, "All right, see, you. I'm on to the next challenger, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> well, I was giving her some a game shit. I didn't know that was the wrong thing to do, and. uh Funny enough, on the way home from hooking up, I uh, it was like midnight or something driving home on Lake Chabot Road, uh, where I used to live. I hit a goddamn deer with my truck, and oh, uh, that fucker went skidding down the street, but luckily got up and walked away. So, RIP uh, Bambi, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was an omen or what. Because the next day, her and I, this girl, we had this understanding that. Uh, this was going to be a one-time thing. And if my sister was okay with it, you know, we continue to be friends with benefits. That's all it was. 
And if my sister wasn't okay with it, we'd stop immediately and just completely be friends. And both of them, I, her and I were cool with that. Uh, you know, we both agreed that our relationships with my sister comes first. Uh, yeah. Skip to the next day. Uh, she texts me in the morning, shit, seven, eight in the morning and says, uh, it's really weighing on me what we did. We have to tell your sister, you know, right now today. And I said, great. Yeah. Let's get it over with. Let's see what she says. So we meet her at, uh, I meet this girl at my sister's house and we tell my sister and she says, you know, yeah, I'm actually not cool with this. And I go, okay. You know, I understand that. No worries. And I looked at this girl and I said, you and I are now friends. That's it. And I was cool with it. That's I thought we had an arrangement and uh, I immediately leave my sister's house. And so does this girl. And this girl texts me or no, she calls me and uh, says, hey, do you want to come over to my place for breakfast? I'll make you some food. And I said, nah, did, were you not there? You know, this is not happening again. We're just friends. I mean, I know we're friends <laughs> can eat together, but like, nah, I'm, not, I'm not coming over. And uh couple hours go by and then she starts just blowing up my phone with texas saying you know if your sister really cared about us she would let us be together and i'm like together what are you talking about man this was just a friends of benefits thing so it, it got so hairy i ended up you know kind of having to block this chick and yeah, what is, yeah. so the, the crazy ones love you you know that i gotta say you attract crazy motherfucker that's all i gotta say yeah we'll leave that uh the Stockton story for uh, episode three. Yeah, that that we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> to all the uh, to all the ladies that want to tear the uh, mummy's bandages off, let me tell you, you gotta you gotta get to a whole different level of sadism to fuck with this kind of motherfucker. Okay, <laughs> this guy's one sick son of a bitch. Let me tell you. Uh, apparently, I I attract some bitches that uh, just got out of uh, mental ward or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, you know what? I, yeah, I'm tired of the gunslinger shit. That's why like nowadays, like when, when, when I hear these, these women talking that big shit on the internet or on the phone or in person or whatever, I just fucking roll my eyes. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, like they say, they say all this shit and that they, they have the, they have the audacity to call you like a chauvinist pig or something. It's like, fuck you. Like you want to, you want to talk that big shit and step up to the plate. You better be ready to play some fucking ball. All right. <laughs> It's just, like I said, it's not needed. I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear that shit. Just be yourself. Let's have fun, man. Let's just do what we want to do. You know, I don't need yeah. to hear, you know, what a badass you are in the sack. Like I'll find out for myself. Yeah, exactly. Only time's going to tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, yeah. All, all the guys out there, just, just, gr just grow a pair. Just be a fucking, just, just be an adult, be yourself. Quit playing that damn gimmick. Quit being that nice guy. Like, you want me to do this for you? Huh? Yeah. You like that? Okay. You want some more of that? I'll get you some more. I'll be your best friend. Don't worry. You want me to check your mail for you? I don't want you to walk too far now to that mailbox and open that little thing. I'll even put the little red flyer thing down for you. So you don't have mail anymore. <laughs> be a fucking man. Yeah. Do not get put in the friend zone. Don't be a bitch. Oh, the friend, dude, the friend zone is just an imaginary fucking like experiment. Honestly, you know what? Look, I'll make this quick. Cause I know that we, uh, we got to end early tonight. I know you guys are having a ton of fun out there. Don't worry. You guys come back next week. I promise you, unlike your girlfriends, 
are your boring ass boyfriends i will make next week the greatest fucking night of your life right (laughs) (laughs) but no i'm just tired of the uh you know just tired of the gimmicks like i said but like it's like uh, i can't put a there has to be a resolution to all this there has to be a resolution to all this like you can't the friend zone thing it's it's bullshit it it's i'll just share this on the air every relationship that i've been in and i'm just alluding i i could be wrong i i don't think i'm wrong because i don't have statistical data on this but i'm pretty sure 99.99 percent of men out there know what the fuck i'm talking about where i'm coming from every relationship i've been in when it first starts off this is like the structure. I'm going to give you the formula right now. So get your pen and paper out, damn it, and write some fucking notes down. You start off in the, uh, you know, you kind of start off in the minor leagues, okay? You're not at Yankee Stadium yet. You're not at fuck. you're not the big Bambino fucking cracking 40, 50 homers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is, this is, this is year one for you, all right? You're, you're barely in training, all right? So. You start talking to someone and usually when you're talking to someone who's interested, they're talking to like three, four other fucking people and they're trying to get you. Oh, you see? Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're trying, they're trying to get you jealous. They're trying to, Oh, maybe he'll, it's like, why? So you got to think to yourself, why are you playing these fucking games? Well, why do you play games at the fair? You want to win that big teddy bear now, don't you? <laughs> Fuck. I mean, come on now. You're going to throw darts. You're going to fucking shoot the little stupid ass water gun at the fucking clown's fucking teeth or whatever the fuck you got to do, right? You're trying to win that big fucking bear up there. So we all, we all know what that bear is. And we all know you look like a dumbass. You know, you got your little county fair fucking face paint on. You're trying to look like a good guy and big grin on your face and. You know, you're doing shit you would never do what you should be doing in the fucking first place because you know you could be a success inside your heart, but your conscience, you know what? Your insecurities start kicking. You're like, oh, man, I can't amount to nothing. I've had guys tell, and you know who I'm talking about. I've had guys tell me, but you don't understand, Roke. This fucking woman saved my life. (laughs) If it wasn't for her, I'd be sleeping in a fucking trailer park or under a bridge. (laughs) Like, grow a fucking pair of nuts, dude. Fucking be a man. She didn't save your fucking life, motherfucker. Is she going to save your life when she's fucking leaving your ass for someone better and more successful than you are? I don't fucking think so. So, which we all know they do. Yeah. So, okay. Back to, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. So back to the, back to the note taking here. So yeah, you start off in that minor league zone. Then she cuts the friends off the guy friends, at least. But she still has her girlfriends around, okay? Now, remember, um, I'm just talking about my story, so anyone taking offense to this, cool. I don't fucking give a fuck. Maybe it works for you differently, but I'm just telling you my story. This isn't for everyone, but this is just what I've experienced. And like I said, I do personally believe that 99.99% experience the same. So you get past that phase, that lubby-dubby bullshit where, you know, you're like, yes, all those other assholes are eliminated. <laughs> and I'm the last son of a bitch up in here, and I've won Survivor. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? And now, now you get to deal with all the extra bullshit. 
those other guys they're the real winners motherfuckers because they're out of this picture like fuck this this is crazy we're gonna go simp somewhere else okay (laughs) (laughs) or maybe they'll maybe they'll do something positive with their lives i don't know anyways so you know back to my story what i've experienced i mean hey women they they have their own like little click their little set of girlfriends too but it's kind of odd because once you get deeper in this relationship you look back like hey whatever happened to uh melissa and and fucking uh melanie and all these other people like they just disappear like but no they (laughs) they they try to you know they try to be the dictators of your relationship too and it's like oh great so now I got to seek the approval of other people, but remember, you're still going to do it because you're, you're going to end up at urban outfitters one day. That's your ultimate goal. Be a <laughs> fucking baggage boy. <laughs> and, uh, no. So you get past all that bullshit and then you notice those friends disappear, but you notice how like you're in a constant struggle. You're constantly, so you, you go through the guys in the beginning, then you go through the women, then you got to deal with her family. And like on last week's episode, I was talking about, you got to get approval from the uncles. You're in a constant battle seeking approval. And then you realize that at the end of the day, like, fuck, I'm just a validation ticket. Ain't I fucking motherfucker. That's a, that sucks. You know? Yeah. You're, you're uh, a part of an unpaid internship where you have to, you know, kiss ass of everyone that's around you, man. Yeah, no, it, it sucks. It really does. Because now you realize that this is like, this is the peak. This is it. You are fucking there. And like, there is no, this is, yeah, this is like the apex, you know, fucking it's all downhill from here. It's fucking over. And that's what happens in relationships. That's why they, you know, when it's going downhill too, like I said, you get in them first arguments and then it just, it dwindles down and you look back and you're like, what the fuck was I doing with myself? You know, you put all this energy into building up to this. And if you can look at everyone out there, seriously, ask yourself this question. If you could put that much time, that much energy, that much passion, that much dedication into creating and building this relationship to impress others and to, um, like get the approval and seek that validation from others, then what, what can't you accomplish? What's your fucking excuse? You always deny yourself when it comes to other things. Oh, I can't afford that. Um, oh, I'll get denied from this service and that, like, I, I can't get that loan. Cause I'm, why are you doing that? If, uh, if Melissa or Melanie over there said, you know, they want that damn ring, you're going to get it fucking anyway, somehow, some way, aren't you? Even though you're, you're dick dirt fucking poor, you're going to find a way to get to scrounge up some change. Aren't you motherfucker? <laughs> I, I like how out of all the female names you could have thought of, you stuck with the M's with Melissa and Melanie. Well, those are, <laughs> you know, those are, well, well, we'll leave it at that for now. We'll talk about that later, but, but the, the moral of the story is, yeah, don't, don't kid yourself. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're going to put all that effort and energy into this, at least make it worth your while, you know, become a, become a success, do what you got to do. Don't, don't kid yourself. You know, they're, they're, 
how do I say it? There's another part I, I didn't get to, and that's like the the chasing part. Like you're always chasing something, you know, whether it's whether it's like a first high you get or even a girlfriend, like you're constantly chasing something. It, it's smoke and mirrors. It's fucking it's non-existent. It's like the tooth fairy. Well, you and I both know that the uh the doormat routine, you know, the yes man that eventually gets old to any chick you're with. So you know, if you're the baggage handler who says yes to everything because you think, you, you know, that's going to make her happy, that ain't going to last, man. She's going to get tired of that shit. Well, we know quite a few fucking baggage handlers out there, unfortunately. <laughs> I love it. Can we coin that phrase, baggage handlers? Yeah. That's, don't be a baggage handler, bitch. All right. <laughs> I'm, tired of, I'm tired of seeing this motherfucker everywhere I go. There's too many baggage handlers in the world. Okay. We need some pilots. That's what we need. Some fucking pilots, all right? <laughs> Anyways, that's about it for me. I mean, just we'll keep you more informed next week. I like how like the last two episodes, like we fucking the advice part comes at the end of the show. I'm sorry, guys. You you already caught on to the routine. That's what it's gonna be next week, probably too. No, we'll change it up. I promise you, next week I'm gonna do something. Your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend has never done for you. I'm going to give you the greatest time of your fucking life next week. You got any topics you want to tease next week? Because I'm thinking maybe next week we tell our uh, Roaring Twenties story. Oh, yeah. You're in for some real fucking treats next week. Let me tell you. (laughs) We're going to talk about some Roaring Twenties. Oh, you know what? We're going to talk about... uh, We're going to talk about some... uh, we're going to talk about some nights of me uh, going over back to that graveyard I was talking about. Too. <laughs> All right. And we can talk about me going up to Stockton because, uh, as we know, the graveyard, your story and Stockton, oh, yeah. my story, they're linked. Yeah. You thought this guy was a fucking sadist tonight. You wait till next week. He's going to tell you some uh, some stories that are going to make your head spin. All right. <laughs> All right. Stick around. So, we'll see you next week. See everyone next week. Hope everyone has a safe weekend. And, uh, yeah, keep tuning in. Thank you for all the support, by the way. We had some astronomical numbers in our first week. So, yeah, thanks for all going. the views. Thanks for all the likes, man. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Have a good night. All right. Peace out. Peace. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram. It's on the download podcast or email us at on the downloadcast at gmail.com. Like what you just heard? Be sure to subscribe and tune in weekly to our episodes on Spotify. Thank you.